Awake in the Dream Radio with Laura Eisenhower and Dr. Dream. Raising your frequency and expanding your consciousness one guest at a time. Welcome to Awake in the Dream Radio. I am Dr. Dream. Today is Tuesday, September 3rd, in the wonderful year 2013. And my life partner, sacred union partner for this lifetime and many others, and our co-host. Laura Magdalene Eisenhower. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hey, Laura. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Dr. Dream? I'm doing fairly well. No no complaints. In this moment right now, I, I really don't have a complaint at all. Uh, if I just keep finding myself in the moment, I think that I can, I can do this all the time. Yes, because the moment is uh, just that. It doesn't have to hold anything from anywhere else but the now. <laughs> but good. Thank goodness. So yeah. lots of things have been... Um, have been going on. It's um, it, it's an interesting time right now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Once again, as it always is, an interesting time. But this particularly, uh, this feels even more interesting because <laughs> it just keeps getting interesting. Ner, is that a word? As far as <laughs> just like is. yeah, all this crazy stuff. You know, we just we, we we get so much negative news all the time. But like, as a collective, though, I feel like on a spirit level and on a heart level. There's always good news and more expansion and more unifying, despite all the negative sort of news with Syria and uh, the radiation. It, there seems to be something that really counterbalances that, that, which keeps growing, you know? Yeah, and, and I think it's growing, like, from the core of who we are as individuals and our hearts and then connecting in the multiverse and creating this, this energetic. And so... Lots of beautiful things happening and, and lots of challenging things happening. Um, you know, in my own world with uh, my mother's health and everything else, the last three weeks have been, um, have not been the easiest, but, but we find the gems and the nuggets and the, the opportunities to connect with what is really the most important um, when we find ourselves right in, in the moment. So, um yeah, lots of stuff. So I'm I'm wanting to get right into the into the astrology. I mean, seriously, the last three weeks have been incredibly trying for me. And so, what 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 do we have to look forward to, and what what should I personally be prepared for? <laughs> well, I mean, you just you're just such an incredible son. I mean, you've just been going down to see your mother on a constant basis, and I just know it's been um, you know really difficult, and I just think you're amazing and I know how grateful she is and uh, I just really appreciate just how much family is just so important to you it just oh just makes me want to give you a big hug okay so (laughs) that's so sweet about this week we are uh, moving into um, the new moon and that's Thursday it's going to happen at 4 36 a.m. and pretty much this is kind of the highlight of the week Um, you know the new moon's in Virgo, and anytime there's a new moon, it's always about setting intentions and planting seeds. But the Virgo energy, particularly, 
um, you know, really has us focused on the physical, the, the earth energies, um, the practical, the details of life, and also the way we tackle those things. And at times it can make us turn into perfectionists, which can turn us into a little bit of a critic towards others and ourselves. And um, so it's a great opportunity on a new moon to think things Virgo as far as, you know, how can we improve um, our health and well-being because that's all Virgo related and our routine and just being in balance with the physical world and our bodies. But what's amazing is, you know, every sign has an opposition. So during a new moon, if there's aspects to what's opposite, we get to integrate those energies. So Pisces is the opposite of Virgo. And um, it's currently uh, in aspect to cheer on, which is the wounded healer. So we're going to find ourselves working with the Virgo energy, the practical world, and getting things done. But if it starts to overwhelm us and we feel a little bit of that pressure of being perfect, doing it you know, perfectly, and being hard on others because we don't know if they're doing it the way it should be done, it's a really great chance for us to accept surrender and trust of the universe and to allow um, much more faith in the process. To not, you know, overburden the self, you know, with all the details and to know that the universe is picking up so much of the slack. And this is really what the polarity of the Virgo-Pisces energy is. You know, the earth energy of Pisces is, you know, getting stuff done and embracing the intelligence of the earth and trying to not get, I guess, sucked into the man-made version of the nine-to-five kind of work that Virgo can also represent, but to keep it very grounded in nature. And then to flow into that energy from Pisces and to take it to the highest level of, you know, surrender and, and trust without falling into the traps of Pisces, which can be escapism and addiction. So when we're functioning on the highest levels of this polarity, you know, we're very grounded and practical, but we are very expansive and able to really be co-creative with the forces around us. So, for example, you're dealing with a lot of details, going down to see your mother, a lot of logistics perhaps, and we're shuffling the kids around. And so, you know, at times for anybody, you know, the details of life can become rather, rather stressful. So this week is all about healing that aspect of ourselves that gets run down, overwhelmed, stressed, and, and that pressure of performing at that optimal level. And what's being healed is our ability to be in balance with um, the universe to allow that force to help guide us and to reflect to us maybe what we can embrace and integrate into the practical world that isn't necessarily coming from our conscious mind where we have to take on the burden of strategizing and having it all figured out, we can just sort of like say, hey, wait a second, you know, maybe there's a better way. So if things don't show up perfectly, instead of judging it, you know, look at the signs, read the signs, pay attention to, um, you know, what, what, what's coming forth that uh, isn't being generated from self. And that's part of that relationship with, with um, you know, just spirit. And it's a really good thing for us just, and, and maintaining health and well-being because it helps us to understand the metaphysical nature of our physical bodies. And that's what the link with Pisces and Virgo is also, just that metaphysical multidimensional awareness, but recognizing that the physical is the container for that. And if we're too polarized in one or the other, then we're not able to utilize those energies together, which has a really potent effect on what manifests. So that's really just the highlight of the week. It's healing um, where we might not have a whole lot of faith and where we're just feeling like, ah. So if you're feeling, especially, um, you know, while attending to your mother, um, you know, that overwhelm, it's just a great chance to just, you know, connect to spirit and just the larger picture and just connecting to her soul and the clarity of, you know, spirit to spirit, soul to soul connection and to let all the other stuff kind of, you know, 
not be as heavy and as um, intense as it can be. You know, if it starts to get to be too much, just, just you know, pull the release valve and just let it all sort of diffuse and just give it to spirit and just ask spirit to, uh, you know, take up a lot of the, the hardship. And, uh, you know, just trust the flow and that whatever is showing up, good or bad, um, you know, is necessary and that there's not always going to be a whole lot that you can have control over. And so this goes for anybody. If you're dealing with a difficult situation and you feel that all the pressure is on you to make decisions and it gets to be too much, just let go and, you know, allow just some of the magic to work, some of the synchronicities and some of the stuff that needs to be purged. You know, don't attach yourself too much to it. Just kind of let, you know, if somebody has stuff they need to clear or, or share and it doesn't feel comfortable, allow it because it just needs to be released. It doesn't need to be taken too seriously. And that's another Virgo treat, taking things too seriously, getting all anxiety-ridden, and, um, you know, getting too stuck in the earth energies and not enough in the spirit energies. So, anyway, I know your chart, and you've got a really beautiful balance of the Virgo Pisces energy, so this should be fine for you. Um, but you might find that it's difficult to deal with other people's energies and it's easy to absorb other people's ways of reacting or handling stuff. So just to kind of step back and retreat and just to remember that balance. And uh, you can really, you know, help people to find that as well. And so this is for everybody. Um, hold that space for yourself. Don't be the effect of what's going on around you. Hold the space to be more influential so that others can be reminded um, of how to kind of, you know, get back to center and let, you know, the flow really, um, you know, like I said, take up a lot of the slack so that the mind isn't overburdened. Does that make sense? Right. And I being a little bit yeah, familiar, oh, but yeah, yeah, ab, 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 absolutely makes sense. So what I'm what I'm loving about this is um, there, there's really some great energies lining up. So let's bring it down to like the incredibly practical level for everyone. We've got the the new moon on Thursday. Um, you and I have had a, you know a run of clients recently that. Um, I mean, there's lots of challenging things going on in people's lives right now, okay? So what, from, from the standpoint of creating a ceremony, creating an energetic around this new moon, because we use, you know, we, we, we pull in what's happening with the planets and the moon and everything else to, to amplify, um, you know, what we can do without all of it. But, but it's an amplification time. So talk to us about how we can best use this time on Thursday, the day after tomorrow, to really, um, to really leverage all these energies. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I think the most important thing is to just really, really deeply relax. You know, anywhere there's tension or, you know, being too hard on the self or wanting to kind of hold an ego front that just needs to just kind of be holding it together where it, it, it's trying to – okay, I guess what it comes down to is being in one's humility, being able to accept that we all make mistakes, not trying to be the strong person all the time, you know, not trying to be – um, you know, able to just kind of, you know, make it all happen. It's like a chance to really relax and just kind of drop the ego stuff and be as transparent as possible. Um, it's a chance to really connect to the inner child. So the inner child, of course, as children, you know, we, we, we always learn from mistakes, but they're not really mistakes. And I know you talk about this a lot, just about the baby rolling and just standing up and falling down and standing up again. So it's really important to just kind of get into that zone you know, spiritual growth is all about falling down and getting back up. It's not about doing it perfect. And enlightenment isn't about perfection. It's about being so true to who you are that you can accept um, 
being, you know, imperfect, and you can also accept the beauty and perfection of spirit and the heart and love. And when the two mix together, it just allows one to be really present and very genuine with the self, rather than sort of wearing those ego masks that want to hide that vulnerability. Perhaps there's a fear of being criticized or a fear of failing. Um, so it kind of takes the pressure off, because when we can relate to each other without being concerned about that pressure, then we can just kind of engage each other in a really, you know, genuine way. So I recommend for people, you know, when you work energy on Thursday, to deeply, deeply, deeply dissolve ego into just the nothingness and just allow, you know, oneself to just be in that free flow um, and observing maybe the things that could be fine-tuned in the personality nature to be able to accept more of the abundance of the universe and, and creativity. And it's very hard to do that when we're rigid and we're blocked and we're just, you know, trying to hold a front that isn't very natural. So it's kind of like the movement of a dancer or the way a sailor has to work with the wind and the water. It's just, it's just allowing um, that embrace of energy without trying to control the process. And when we control the process, that's very often when we make mistakes. So it's a good time to take an assessment of, like, where we might have done that in the last week and how we can sort of change those patterns for the better and to set those energies on the new moon to, you know, work that. So and a good intention to set, for example, would be, you know, allow my ego to serve my higher self, give me the strength to be able to be vulnerable and hold myself accountable for my errors and mistakes, but to also have a lot of self-forgiveness and, and not any judgment towards it, but to see that this is what the spiritual path is all about. The ability to get back up, the ability to learn and grow, and the, the ability to integrate wisdom into the experience. Ah, this is great. So this gives us um, a nice point of focus. We've got, you know, just so much going on, and um, I really like this. Thank you so much for this today, tonight. Well, thank you so much. Um, by the weekend, though, the energies, you know, are going to be, you know, really positive. And, yeah, just let the fluidness of it all flow, and don't worry about how it looks. Just be real. I love it. Thank you so much. We have a very special affiliation that I just love announcing. We are simulcast on Wolf Spirit Radio. And this is uh, Dave Corso heads up the, uh, the Wolf Spirit Pack. And the creed of the pack is survival, caring, protection, trust, and unconditional love. And I got to tell you, we're proud to be on Wolf Spirit Radio. Oh, my goodness. What an exciting evening we have in store right now with this, with this guest, with our interview tonight. Um, our guest is Andrew Bartsis, and uh, he's been an active healer and psychic reader for almost 20 years. He is an active medical intuitive and shaman with many talents in the spirit world. Andrew began his journey into spirituality at a very young age, and his early childhood life shaped the future person and beyond. It is through the exploration of childlike innocence that we learn to reclaim the full power of our purpose on this world, and Andrew is known as the Galactic Historian. He has the unique ability to read the Akashic Records live without using the method of a trance, and this ability provides direct answers to questions about the foundations of reality, our planetary and galactic heritage. The Akashic Record is read from a completely sacred, neutral point of view, and this is going to be fun to have Andrew explain how that works. 
He is um, linked to the Akashic records of 20,000 other worlds, and his unique ability provides details about lost Earth history and so much more. He has read the history of Earth going back 54 million years when all of this began. He has the ability to shed light on and provide truth to once eluding mysteries. I mean, I can barely keep myself from, from asking a whole litany of questions right now, but um, I'd like to introduce Andrew. Are you with us, Andrew? Yes, I am. Hey, Dr. Dream and Laura. How are you guys doing today? Excellent. Laura, are you there? I am. I am. It's so great to have you here, Andrew. And I'm just oh, going to jump you. right in. And uh, I'd like to just know a little bit about your background and how you got started working with the Akashic Records. And maybe just for listeners that don't really know what that is, what the Akashic Records are. Well, the Akashic Record is a recording of all sentient existence on this planet in the above, middle, and below timeline. The Akashic Records is stored in the crystalline records that starts in the core of our planet and works out. There's a crystalline network of mineral people and crystal people that are spread between every layer of rock, and every layer of rock represents a different layer of the Akashic record. Each layer of the Akashic record records a sentient race's existence. The actual Akashic record literally records every past, present, and into the future lives, because Earth is the anchor of all sentience projections into this reality. The Earth is a dreamtime reality with many layers above and below it, so it is able to maintain the record of all vibratory beings who choose to come into this experiential reality, and it helps them understand during their life review process in the astral worlds what they have been doing in this world. Earth is also linked to many other worlds that are brother and sister worlds. So it can link itself to the other Akashic records of other dream worlds so that beings here for this grand experience understand the totality of their being. When I was first exposed to the Akashic records, I was nine years old. I was a, at a baseball game, and bottom of the ninth inning, it was a tied, tied, tied game, and somebody hits a home run, and our team wins. And at that point, I downloaded the records of all 80,000 people in the stadium. At that point, I knew I was different. It was a two-week period where everything was very different for me. There was, there was nobody I could explain any of this thing to. Um, and there were some beings that came out of the hollow earth, and all they did was help me take what was in my mind and help download it into my, uh, my, my cellular memory. That's where I began learning that this world is changing rapidly. This world's an experiential world. It's a reality-based world. And that the fundamental rules that we are told about the facade that we live on aren't necessarily a lie, but a set of belief structures, and those belief structures are what creates the experience, and the experience is being recorded through the Akashic Record. As I began to look through those 80,000 records that I'd instantly download, I had to learn, even since the day I'd been born, anything within a few hundred feet of me, I had been grabbing the record and downloading it into my cellular number for a very distinct purpose, known as the Galactic Historian. During this two-week phase after the baseball game is where numerous entities came to me to make sure they understood that in the sacred neutral position, there is no polarity, none whatsoever. The information is the information, and it is within the sacred neutral heart and the expression, your connection to the earth, so that all sentience understands that there is a truth, a truth that has no polarity. And if there are beings out there that perceive truth as polarity, that is their charge to, to work with. 
and it is their experience to work through. My life has gone through the ups and downs and tumbles of a normal childhood to that of an abnormal childhood, being able to look at every person that I'm at, I can see and see an absolutely, completely, 100% transparent person, past, present, and future lives, to link the Rubik's Cube of their equational existence in this experiential reality and to the point of medical expressions that they are going through now, be it cancer that was represented of basal cell cancer, that is a basal cell carcinoma cancer that rep on their forehead that represents a gunshot wound in World War I where they pop their head up in the trenches, or uh, continuous throat problems representative from being hung during, during many issues. All of those are representative of the experiential pattern that one experiences in life, past and present. And all those things come to the surface each lifetime so that we may resolve karma or dharma or whatever you want to call it. And karma is one of those rules of the surface facade reality, as well as the original layers of reality. As I began exploring deeper and deeper and reading, reading well over 10,000 people this lifetime, I've become adept at understanding the experiential patterns of beings from other worlds because they are heavily invested into our world. Our DNA has been modified, added to, changed. There's been timeline genocide wars that has completely erased the species of our world and replaced it by the skin suit DNA species of another world. And then instantaneously that species was erased and erased and erased until finally the period of over 10,000 races with timeline technology were all vying to be the first species of Earth because Earth was the great valuable piece. In the very beginning of our experiential realities when I learned that Earth is meant to be a seventh dimensional galactic seed planet, its purpose is to spawn new DNA wisdom and then bring it out to brand new blank Akashic record worlds so that new life may begin incarnating on new worlds, creating new experiences. And that is the value of Earth. And the value of the skin suit that you wear right now is the fact that it is a DNA skin suit that has more experiential reality functions to it than the vast majority of other skin suits out there. It is equivalent to the Porsche versus the Chevy, Chevy Nova. <laughs> so, so, Andrew, this all sounds, I mean, like incredibly overwhelming almost. How... How does it how does it work for you? I mean, you've got all this information forwards, backwards, present, you know, and and multi multi dimensional. What um you know h- how do you keep it all together? It sounds like the kind of thing that could end up with a person in a in a padded a padded room. You're absolutely right. And the first thing I learned a long time ago is you do not need to know everything. And that my experience of this reality is based off of the investment that I put into it. When I was given the choice to say yes or no to the Galactic Azorian's position, there were four, three people ahead of me. I was the fourth. Those three people ahead of me said no. And it was their purpose in this lifetime to have an opportunity to say yes or no. So it wasn't like I wasn't prepared for this. I planned 10,000 lifetimes in advance to literally go through the reincarnation incarnation cycle without the full use of the I am self free will other than having to make the present choices of those life patterns to be here, to be now. I made myself soul family to everyone in this galactic drama to make sure that I understood from within the drama of each soul family that's bringing it here. So how does one stay sane? It's the scoping skills of being a psychic, you know, when you don't take on the energies of others when you remain at the sacred neutral, that the polarity of others does not stick to you, that you regularly heal yourself before you heal others. You regularly take care of 
the things that are you that make the human you needs, you know, sensuality, sexuality, companionship, friendships, reading books, doing all those things that still make the human experience the human experience, but balancing it with what the non-physical needs. There are times that I go to sleep here and I wake up somewhere else and I could live three or four years over there and then wake up here and it's nearly about two hours sleep. Managing that is not exactly difficult, honestly. It's about the people that are around me and those people that are around me help me stay in focus and in balance and they also help expand in the experience of what I'm going through. Recently, I've been reading the timeline wars and timeline genocide and having to experience timeline perceiving entities looking at me at a point in a paradox matrix which they do not understand. Um, I've done the non-physical work much like you and, and Laura have that you need to maintain who you are in the mighty I am self-presence. The co-creative, procreative you is the one here that makes the change in this world of change that we're going through. So remaining in that I am presence with my full heart space connected to the dream space of the earth and the ancestors that I'm representing in the spiritual court of equity so I may read the Akashic record in a sacred neutral perspective. And that sacred neutral perspective is the key. It puts me part of myself in the North Pole where the ancestors are, exist and where the dreaming mind of earth exists. Another part of me in the South Pole where the astral worlds exist and all the future children waiting to be born in this world no matter how old their soul are are, are there in the spiritual court of neutral equity. So I may find remedy and resolve for Earth's issues by presenting truth. Then there's a part of me one second in the future, a part of me one second in the past, and I perceive all of these pieces, parts, through a network of the sacred neutral perspective. So the mighty I am co-creative, co-creative self is not overwhelmed by the data, but is the membrane of the data. And this membrane of the data goes into my heart space, and my heart space to my throat, to my third eye, to my crown. And it creates a bubble of no time and that bubble of no time expands around me because I do not agree to the facade of time. Time is a social agreement created many thousands of years ago to confuse our people. And once I do not agree to time, the complete record of the sacred neutral of the Akashic records is available and it is a matter of me translating to 3D human linguistics no matter how limited the linguistics are that my heart space is linked to all those descriptions I've just said. Wow. I, just a quick follow-up on this one, Andrew. Are, uh, this, this title of Galactic Historian, are you the only one? I, I mean, you said there were three that turned it down before you. Are you the one? Currently, I am the one. There are two others that are waiting to say yes, and all they need to do is finish their process of linking to the dream world of Earth. This is uh, the time of activation. This is the time of opening. But to be linked to the Dreamtime grid of Earth means you must go through Earth's dream world. You must go through the great awakening of the dream world where there's a tremendous cleansing of those initial concepts that brought them into this experiential layer reality. Um, mine was being at a baseball stadium and downloading the records of 80,000 people. Um, I'm aware of the, who the other two are, and they're within minutes of accepting, but within years of not accepting because it is a multidimensional expression. Um, they'll, those individuals will have to go through the next layer, which is just purging the I am self so that the I am self is present enough to create parts in the North Pole, the South Pole, the second in the future, the second in the past, 
and then anchor themselves in the dream world, and then they experience unity consciousness. Because I've already experienced unity consciousness a very, very long time ago. And once they get that microsecond of unity consciousness, they're able to reverse engineer the paradoxes they created by the I am self who was not fully aware of unity consciousness. And it's a big healing for those individuals. And one of the reasons I'm in Hawaii is to create special spaces that people that are going through that process and other processes that aren't galactic historian but have similar concepts to it, they'll be healers, thinkers, psychics, you know, the greatest advanced souls that are here to awaken during this time and share their talents of education, knowledge, and wisdom, and truth, and heart space. And the place that I'm helping to, I'm helping to create here with Larry Dozelle and uh, Sovereign Media is a space where these newly awakened people can find themselves, still be protected, go through the heart change, and then get back to their purpose of being on-air public figures, taking the shots of those people that deny the facade of realities. Wow. Quick quick one also here. Um, do you personally know the other two, or you just know them through the Akashic Record? I know them through the Akashic Record and experienced them in the dream world many, 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 many times. Um, there are times when in the dream world I could have anywhere between 10,000 and 100,000 people individually communicating to me in a mass college, and I'm also individually tutoring them at the same time. So there are times that the dream world for me is a massive intercommunication of mental sentience through a network of mass communications. So yes, I know them, who they are. And there are others that are being lined up afterwards because some of the vibratory changes in our reality realize that no one person can present the entire Akashic records and withstand the facade of reality is beating down on that individual. So there will be more but they must make that choice to go through the change and purge their heart space so the mighty I am co-creative, co-creative self is fully present to deal with all of the new talents coming in. Wow, 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 wow. So um, what are your thoughts about the radiation we're dealing with and all the insults that we experience, like chemtrails? How, how do you feel that is either disrupting our process um, or is it just something to help us wake up? All right, chemtrails. Chemtrail's actual purpose is to create fear. Its second purpose is to modify CERN's ability to alter CERN, this large Helen Kavlager in France, to alter the nature of reality during um, timeline incursion events. So there are specific areas that are seeded because there's high-energy vortexes that exist in areas that are affected by the wetter patterns of Earth. So the presence that people think you're being poisoned by, by them, you are in one aspect because they want to create that fear in reality because they're able to mine that energy of fear from sacred geometry cities. The other part of it is, is to enhance timeline incursion scenarios where propaganda can be inserted in our timeline through these mass vortexes that are modified by CERN, by HARP, and by the weather modification parts of, of the, of the, the chemtrailing. So when you really look at it, it's reality modification is what it is. Right, and that applies to the radiation too then? Correct. It's purposeful is to create a very angry sentience in that area because there is sentience that is always raiding there, and once it gets angry, they can, act, they can hit it with the heart that makes it like if you activate an adrenal gland in a human, it goes even activer. And then they're able to literally rip some of that sentience out and create a dimensional rift and insert a timeline incursion device 
that can insert etheric broadcasting propaganda waves direct into our atmosphere, which is when you're trying to, let's say, actually project off this world, you have to go through that layer of propaganda. Or if you're trying to return, or if you're a species coming from another planet, you literally have to go through that membrane of etheric propaganda, and that's done on purpose. Hmm. Uh, tell so, me, I, I just this swirling question I, I'm not even able to get away from, so let me just ask this. Um, you, you talked about um, tapping into uh, the future through the Akashic Records, and so my, my question then revolves around what, what role does free will play in that, and I get that time is this kind of odd construct, but um, are what you're seeing for the future, is it an actual future, or is it a possible future, and, and how does free will play in? Um, well, the free will and the future are one and the same. So first we have to understand what the word future means in our 3D reality. And we are in a linear pro-concept. So, hold on, i got wind chicken up here. i got to go in. So, um, what is time? That's the first thing that will help us understand what the reality functionality is. Here, time is a social agreement. You have multiple time zones in the United States, multiple date time zones around the world, multiple different calendars that define different versions of dates and times. You've had multiple generations of different situations appear where time is simply that the humans on this part of the continent agree at this time and humans on that part of the continent agree at that time. So it is strictly a social agreement that creates the facade of our reality when in fact what time is is a total potential of sentience in a solar system. You look at our sun. Our sun represents the total potential sentience in the entire solar system. And that sun is revolving around a galactic central sun. That galactic central sun has points in the grooves that the sun is going around that are very dense and some are very light. So when you're in a very dense part of space during your revolutions of the sun around the galactic central sun, the expression of sentience is very small, very tight, very thin. When you go to very open spots of space, the sentience rapidly expands. So currently we are in a point where half of our solar system is in the open expanse and the other half is coming out of a very dense area. So we are literally changing our experience of time. This is known as the experience of galactic time. The number of revolutions and grooves that you go through around the galactic central sun represent the experiential age of wealth. Now wealth has a human term that represents dollars but in fact has nothing to do with dollars. The older a soul gets, the more experiential wealth it has. And that is what is highly valued between solar system spiritual commerce of exchange. And that spiritual commerce of exchange comes down to the planetary level. Each and every planet in a solar system is a subcarrier wave of that total potential. So you have the sine wave of energy that's corkstring through space around the galactic central sun. That sine wave is the solar system. Within that sine wave is each individual subcarrier wave of each planet representing its total potential. And you add each planet up, that represents the total potential of that sun. In between moments where a sun goes from one thick groove to one thin groove, what happens is you have an experiential immigration pattern. That immigration pattern brings a whole new wave of sentience and extends that potential of that area. So when we look at what's going on in the experiential reality here, we come down to this human 3D level, and we ask such the questions that you and Dr. Laura and Dr. Dream are asking, that's the fundamental understanding. Once you do that, we begin to ask the questions like, what is reality? 
What are the fundamentals? How does time exist? How can one be in the time? If I do not agree to the facade of the social agreement, I am not in time. I am in no time. And being in no time is like being in dream space. An mm-hmm. hour in dream can be 10 hours here or reverse. An hour in dream can be 40 hours here. And I live that way, quite literally. And I've been living that way for a very, very long time. I activated a no-time field November 3rd uh, last year and have not left that no-time field on purpose to be a moving, standing paradox in the facade of reality or social agreement of time. That's how I'm able to connect to the many layers of the Acacia record to do exactly this, through a seamless presentation from a sacred mutual perspective so that the heart space hearing my words can filter it through their own. There will be those that cannot hear it, and that's fine because they are deep into the experiential reality, and it's their experience. So free will, once we understand that time is a social agreement, we realize that our spirits are very, very old. Even for those young spirits, you're still old by the basis of Earth's sentience expression. We come into the experience with a plan, but our free will can change that plan at any time. The layers are all the reality that we're working in. This facade is what's called domination and control. Domination and control wants to prevent you from using the procreative I am self choice to be in the choice plane self to change reality, even the fundamental natures of reality. When we come to this perspective, we realize that every individual in this world has an individual perspective based on the foundations of the facade we are given at birth. When you come out of your mother's womb, you're slapped on the ass, given 22 vaccinations and stuck in an incubator. You are not allowed to be put on your mother's heart for a day. You're ripped from your ambionic stack. The fundamentals of love removed from you. Okay? Each and every step through your evolution into your human skin suit, the actual rules of the original experiential reality have been removed and replaced by the experiential facade of what we have now. Chemtrails, Syria, vaccinations, and you name it. Wow. So... How does the ascension work then? Is it just for some who have advanced themselves enough or is there going to be a bifurcation where some stay in 3D and some move on? What, and, and where are the dark agendas going? Right, well, let's ask what the word ascension means. And I'd yeah. like you to answer this, Laura. What does the word ascension mean? And knowing that it was created in 1918. Oh, that word was created in 1918. Well, For, the, me- purpose of, for the purpose of spiritual expression. To me, it's just being true to ourselves, which raises our frequency and helps us to expand in the truth of who we are. And the reflection that we get is different than what we get when we're programmed. It's a much different, more organic reality. That's sort of how I see it. Dr. Dream, what's your definition of of ascension? My definition of ascension would be, um, I think, along the lines of rising out of wherever a person is into an expanded um, energetic awareness, consciousness. Okay. One of the things being in the sacred neutral perspective, we must understand that we have a linguistics in our world that's been created via sacred geometry. And that sacred geometry linguistics was created by the system of domination and control to literally limit us by intonation, cadence, and vibration. So one word says the word ascension or ascension, ascension, or ascensione, whatever it is, you are literally limited in your full expression so that your spirit is dammed up and can't get the rest of the experience out. When we say words, there's a picture that's attached to it, whether you're telepathic or not. That picture is worth 10,000 words. 
Ascension really means that you have learned the subtle energy school skills of the original layer of reality before the multiple facades were put upon it. It means that you realize time is a social agreement. You realize you can change your experience anytime. You realize that you have free will and that the basic subtle energy skills of if you want to leave this world or if you want to stay in this world, you can manifest your body in such a way that the reality cannot interact with it until you set up the rules of how it interacts with you. So yes, ascension means does changing your vibration, but also means telling the reality, which is the dream grid of Earth, how you want to experience. We always determine the difficulty level of our experience. Right now, we are set on the automatic control of hardcore. For those that are video gamers, you can set it on easy mode, but it requires the use of the subtle energy skills, learning, learning something like chi, martial arts, a spiritual expression, art, painting, golf, something that is separate of the reality where the natural innocence of the child can come forth and allow you to experience that no-time event so that the full experiential you is in charge of the mighty I am self who makes the choice points of free will in a sovereign state linked to the dream grid of earth and not the dream grid of the facade, which is the sacred geometry cities, to trap you in a dream catcher-like scenario so they continuously mine your energy to maintain the facade. Mm. So <clears throat> let's talk about this. I mean, we're talking about draining energy. One of the, one of the things that um, I've been watching in the last couple of days um, is this um, increased focus on what's happened at, the, at Fukushima. I'm, I'm seeing lots of incredibly fear-based information coming out, boiling water, you know, all this stuff that, that supposedly has happened there. What, what are we to do with that information? How is that to affect us? And, and, you know, just as embodied humans that are doing the best we can to make it in and around and through this experience, how are we to look at all this? Well, let's look at, Fukushima and Syria as the same subject, okay? I experienced this world very different. As you can guys can see in the first 30 minutes of this interview, I'm in a complete flow. And uh, this flow is going to help find the expression of what Fukushima and what Syria is. Syria is an expression of war, and it's war coming to an end because there's a womb chakra, W-O-M-B, that is the creating sentience of the original purpose of Earth to create brand new DNA strands that can be spread out to blank patient record worlds. And there was a long time ago that when Earth was under domination control by a different group of reality controllers that were creating war-based DNA skin suits to go out there and capture other worlds and put them in domination and control. What's under Fukushima is the exact same thing. The reason there's a nuclear expression there is because those womb chakras are waking up, and when they do, everybody in those local realities will be linked directly to Mother Earth's procreative womb, and they will go through the experiential change before the rest of our world does because they are the ones that need the greatest healing with inside the nurturing nature of the womb of the Earth Mother. It is a fear-based, war-based facade cap on top of those wombs so that a new reality cannot be birthed through those womb areas. Wow. It's all just, I, I just, I'm just like, wow, this is incredible. Um, but a lot of people do talk about like a bifurcation, a splitting off, um, you know, sort of the wheat from the shaft. 
uh, with uh, you know those remaining and those moving on to another experience. Um, wh where do those dark agendas continue to play out, and and um, like, what does that look like for people that aren't able to get out of the programming? Good question. Well, let's not really worry about the dark. This is something I've said for a very, very, very long time on air many times. The vast majority of the dark entities gave up just after 2009, 80% of them, in fact. What we're dealing with now is a light worker organization that is near dictatorship and is out there assassinating dark entities who are literally putting up the white flag of surrender to the prime creator. All right? There are many, many, many dark beings that were contracted to be here part of the experience, and there are many light entities, too. There was a mass investment of light entities from multiple universes to help bring the timeline genocide wars to an end. And now they, it is the light entities that are actually holding us back because there's going to be a revelation of truth that they've been working with the dark entities in such a way that they don't want this experience to change, that they like it. So in reality, it isn't about the dark agenda anymore. It's about the light agenda that's holding us back, a light dictatorship. Honestly, and I know that's tough for some people to have to understand, and I've experienced the backlash from it before, but we need to understand that there are light workers in an industry in this world of materialism consumerism that are healing people that are not healed themselves. And that's the greatest violation of free will. Mm. Those light workers out there that are those light warriors out there that are from other realities coming here and influencing people through various mediums and channels and instigating fear, working with the facade of the reality. They're the ones we have to look at now. They're the ones. Right. Yes, those dark, the dark that haven't given up are bad. And yes, we will have to tear the power out of their cold, dead hands. And it will not be easy. And it will require unity consciousness coming together in expression of love, compassion, and forgiveness that is so powerful, no matter what technology or spiritual expression they have, they will be removed from this universe and be put in another universe through forced deportation so that they can have their experience somewhere else. And that it goes for those same light beings that are one, two, or three degrees of separation who believed that non-interference was the way to let the micro evolve through these timeline genocide scenarios, when in fact Prime Creator was saying, you beings, one degree, two degrees, and three degrees of separation, manage the micro, show compassion, love, and forgiveness, but they chose non-interference and made us, at the lowest levels, choose our free will at such a high experiential level that would be forced through evolution. And you cannot force evolution on any being. And that's what the, what the final process here is realizing how much forced evolution there was by higher vibratory beings, both light and dark. Now, Andrew, uh, speak to us a little more about this because I'm getting a... I, I was just kind of getting a little lost in there. What... Um, I mean, we're all in, uh, as far as I can tell, all embodied humans are in some phase, um, some part of the process of healing themselves. Now, we're seeing lots of um, light workers coming out of the woodwork now um, and really stepping up to help people. But certainly, I mean, and, and so I'm missing maybe, are you talking about this sort of rush of people that are looking for meaning in their lives and, and trying to see how they can help people even though they're not fully healed? Or is there something else that I'm missing in this discussion? No, there is some, there's something else. These are the ones that have already been around 15, 20 years. And these are the ones, um, an example, you have um, a psychic that only talks about dating. And, and in reality, they're not really a psychic anymore. They're just using their brain. They're not using their heart space. 
um, a body worker that, say, um, has been doing it for 10 years and has a horrible relationship with their boyfriend or girlfriend and brings that energy into the massage, and they're completely unaware that they're transferring that energy to a brand-new person who's looking for healing. I can go on and on and on in that description, but that's the industry that was created by positive light workers from other industries, from other realities that were coming here and literally going, we have to throw the kitchen sink in. And not only did they throw the kitchen sink in from 50 or 100 million other worlds, they threw the kitchen sink in from other universes that changed the fundamental experience of individuals here, which broke their expression of free will. So what's the, what's the solution to this piece right here? People returning to the natural dream time grid of Earth, which is in the North Pole of the Aurora Borealis. That's the first thing. When you go to sleep that night, image, get the image of the Aurora Borealis in your mind and project yourself there. That's the true dream space of Earth. That's where you begin to find the first sparks of unity consciousness. Second thing is you, begin, you have to begin to remove your contracts with the system of domination and control. If you go to my website, andrewbartzis.com, B-A-R-T-Z-I-S.com, and you go to the button that says Contract Removal, you'll see a series of documents that help you, the I am mighty present self, say out loud to this reality, I do not consent to domination or control. I do not consent to a variety of things that create the facade. When the I am present self says that, you go through the experiential change of reality saying, this is the facade. And it's your awakening process to accept what the facade is. Each individual experiences it differently. Once you do that, you go through a healing time where you purge out what domination of control has taken from you, which is the free will to say no to the reality. I do not consent to being taxed to death at birth. I do not consent to babies coming to this world and not being taught love. I do not consent to poverty worldwide. I do not consent to a third world. I consent to unity consciousness. When we began expressing that on the fundamental layers, when we wake up and during the day, we can change this reality as an individual's beginning the experience of unity consciousness. The next thing is pick up a healing skill. Anything from qigong to reiki to hands-on healing. Heal yourself before you heal others. There are so many things out there that change the nature of our reality in such a way that we don't heal ourselves. Turn off the television. Get out there and lie on the grass. Take off your shoes. Do the things that reconnect you to you. And only the individuals really know what it is. If it's reading a book, playing golf barefoot, swimming in the ocean with dolphins, go do what makes you happy. And know that what you focus on is what creates around you. Literally. Right. Um, yeah, this is all just like so fascinating. Um, and, I, and I was coming up with a question, but I, I think it's starting to shift. Now, I mean, what you're talking about is sort of maybe the new age deceptions and where people are being irresponsible with their energies when they work on others and how that's kind of the final frontier of getting our sovereignty back is to break away from those kind of agreements um, because I know that there's a lot of new age deceptions and programmings and those yep. are, are very important things to point out to people because they think that it's all about, 
you know, expansion, but they find themselves in a trap, but it's disguised with all the lingo and, and all the stuff. Yeah. Are there any particular, I mean, like, what's your thought about sacred union and the relationship of the divine masculine and feminine? What's the most ideal expression that we can embody to, you know, protect ourselves from all this outside stuff trying to reel us in? Very, very good. Um, when it comes to divine masculine and divine feminine, as I've said many times on many shows over the last year, we're going to need a billion healers a billion healers to help go through this change. The divine masculine has been has had its energy severed at the tip of its penis through circumcision. Uh, the penis is actually something that is meant when it enters the vagina of the woman and there's seminal ejection. The third eye that you have in your head is supposed to transition and migrate into the tip of your penis so that when you're in the womb of a woman and during that chemical exchange, there's a, spirit, a spiritual expression where the actual womb chakra that the woman has um, connects in such a way that the two sentients can go to the astral world and literally find the baby spirit that they want and bring it into the brand new fetus that's created. And that every sexual experience that the pregnant woman has after that is literally creating the the fundamental contracts that that baby is going to have in a communion with the mother and father and any other ancestral spirits or family spirits that are born. So that's what the divine masculine needs to learn. Recreational sex is your destruction. The changing of your pheromones and your musk and the scent through the use of deodorants that have aluminum in them, that's the sex next thing the divine masculine needs to learn. <clears throat> the divine feminine, you have been taking control in such a way that you're expressing their energies and you're, building, you're creating testosterone in such a way that it makes you more a male aggression, much like a spider would eat its mate. Um, that's not the expression of the divine feminine. Reconnecting to your menstrual cycle and knowing that there's surgical procedures out there that are literally meant to take away your divine feminine energies. So healing from those experiences in reality are not going to be easy. Um, if won't somebody like to check out, I've done a show with Nikki Fetzi on uh, Block Talk Radio, as well as a series of webinars on the Divine Masculine and Divine Feminine Healing It, and it's a 12-hour series that explains everything. Um, there's a thing that's called the sensual experience versus the sexual experience. That is going to be the most vital thing of all, all subtle energy skills that all human beings are going to have to learn. You can have a sensual exchange of energy that has no sexual expression and can heal an individual rapidly and with true heart space other than the recreational sexual experience. When one can create a sensual experience, it does not allow the sexual energy to override, but allows the sense of touch to be expressed. When a man touches a woman, there is a, an exchange of energy, and the woman guides the energy so that the hand that's being moved by the man is being guided in a telepathic representation of the energies exchanged on the surface of the skin. And it doesn't matter if you're gay or bi or lesbian, you are still a human being with the fundamental rules of a sensual experience. And the sensual experience is the exchange of heart-based love, not sexual love from the sexual organs and the sexual energies. And the sensual experience is what will lead into true sexual experiences that heal the divine masculine and divine feminine in such a way that they can break a lot of the reality programs that they have. Thank wow, you. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> you're really um, you're really something, Andrew. I, I, 
normally I'm a little more in the flow, but I'm so almost entranced with your answers and everything. And I, I just really want to honor you for that. Um, yeah. I wanted to Thank ask, um, let's, let's, for me, let's just cut to the chase and um, speak to us about love. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little reality experiment here for, for you and those people that are going to be listening live or in the archives. Laura, what is love to you? Oh, love is the experience of connecting with, you know, the unconditional loving source within the self and holding that vibration and being able to create union with another through that self-realization. I I think that, you know, love has to come first, you know, from the self, from embracing the self with no judgment. And uh, that we are, basically, that's our truth is that we are love and everything else, um, I, I don't want to say it's a test, but it, 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 it leads us to see what isn't love to be able to return. And love to me is just the, the natural expression of, 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 of energy that um, we all have access to, and it can only be blocked, or uh, deception and manipulation can only you know, cause that illusion of separation from love, but it's a constant, and it's the truth of, I think, who we are. Very cool. Dr. Jane, what's answer. your expression of love? Um, I'm going to go with Laura's. I'm, I'm, my head is just sort of swirling and spinning right now with questions and all sorts of stuff, and so I'm, um, I'm not dropping quite into the, into the okay. answer at the moment. Uh, but I'm going to let you go. I'm going to go. I'm going to turn up the no time field a little bit more. Um, when I turn up the no time field, it's it's me reaching into every potential person that's going to be listening to the show, even into the future. Each person that listens to this individual show or any other shows that I do that I create a specialized no time field for, I can reach deeper into the Akashic records and create a vibration and intonation that can echo throughout no time. Okay? So what is love? Love is the experience of the I am present self. That's the fundamental thing. Without love, you cannot come into the fundamental rules of Earth's reality. Love is the universal expression of experience. So when a soul comes to this reality, they must come from the experience of love. What is love? Love is really gravity that creates sentience, that creates migration patterns, that creates the swirling pattern of the galactic systems or the intergalactic or interuniversal systems of exchange we have. Love is, the, is what bonds people into soul families, into soul groups, into twin flames, but that the experience of this universal reality is expanded and not contracted. Love is what it is. It is the experience. And in this particular reality, love is the foundational rule that they try to change. Love is mother and father. Love is earth. Love is Gaia. Love is the wind, the ocean, the rain, the moving of the seasons and the passing of the stars. All of that is an expression of love. And when we choose to live on this world in full love expression, domination control has no place in it here. Love is the I am present self saying, I want to experience the full richness of the reality with soul family in communion with this earth so that this reality experience is the perfection of existence so that we may take this perfection of existence to the rest of the universe and share its message. Love conquers all. Ah, that just gave me the goosebumps, (laughs) just the whole thing. Um, I love it. So maybe we could just talk about you know, evil, what's, how would we define evil then? 
Very, very good question to follow up. So what is good and evil? And I'll go here for a second. I look at it as, as polarity. Okay, Polarity is I'm in the sacred neutral. So to the left of polarity is good and to the right of polarity is evil. But in fact, good and evil is a human linguistic term meant to limit you by intonation and vibration so you cannot fully express that polarity is an expression of love. Evil is love in a different form. It's saying I cannot accept love. But the love on the other says, I accept you, brother and sister, no matter how far into polarity you are. And the neutral position says, brothers and sisters, let's come together in communion and figure out where the separation of existence is. And that's the experiential reality. When one falls into polarity, be it good or evil, you can go down the path of light and all of a sudden literally flip and be evil. You can go down the path of evil to the point where your polarity of expression for this reality literally flips you into love. And we see this throughout uh, people's growing lives all the time. They're angry one moment and flip to the light the next moment. And that's how polarity is affecting us. The total potential of sentience on our planet is constantly in rapid change. And the expression of good and evil is being dominated and controlled by the propaganda that's being expressed to us. When in fact, it isn't about good or evil. You look to the Bible, that's the war between light and darkness, which is expressed on a mythological expression which they brought here, which is propaganda. But not everything in the Bible is propaganda. There needed to be good entities and good beings represented in that system. Even in the, in the Hindu or any of the other religious expressions, it comes down to the two polarities, when in fact there's a third polarity. And our experience is going to create a fourth polarity where we do not have to have just the two polarities There'll be a fourth one that says we can change the fundamental layers of this universe and still keep love as the foundation of free world expression. So what did you guys understand with that? Before I go a little further, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing that I'm kind of overwhelming people here. Oh, I, you're, you're kind of cutting in and out. Did, did you, can you just say that one more time? Um. Did you understand what I was saying about about the expression there? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think that I'm, I I, I think that I'm that I'm getting it. You know, it's just your perspective. I, I'm loving it, and it's it's definitely resonating. But what's interesting is I'm watching and being served sort of being the observer of my mind. It there are points where it just gets like like um, it it's too expansive for how fast my mind is expanding into your languaging and, and, and perspective of all this. And so I'm finding this, you know, truly fascinating. Well, as I said, I turned off the no time field. And I have to be very, very careful when I do turn off the no time field because I'm creating vibration and intonation with a sacred geometry language that's meant to limit intonation and vibration. And being in a no time field, I can counter that and create vibrational explosions. And these explosions are meant to help individuals get into their paradox of this reality and the facade so that they can, I am self-present, go, this vibration is radically different than the, the static vibration of this reality. And people use that in their own way. And just as you described, you're observing your mind because your higher self has picked up on the vibration and intonation of the no-time field and the expression of the Akashic record and is saying, all right, there's something here for me. 
and the pace at which I go is vital that I don't break the perspective of the safe is neutral. So when I do shows like this or, or shows with, with other high vibrational beings like Teal Scott and Mickey Fetzi, I'm, I'm capable of turning the no time field up at such a point where I'm not literally talking to the audience anymore. I'm talking to all the non-physical entities that are observing this experiential reality. And for a moment there, I was speaking to the spirit guides of both Dr. Dream, Laura Eisenhower, everyone that's going to be listening to this show in the archives, because it is those layers of reality that need to be healed too, because they've been trying and trying and trying for so long and for so hard to get through this facade layers that they've had to literally risk their experience in their neutrality or their polarity to get through to us. So they need healing just as much. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Andrew, I want you to, I'd, I'd like for you to expand a little bit about the sacred neutral point of view. And is that available to everyone or is this part of your agreement as galactic historian? It is available to everyone. And that's the, the, the kicker about this reality. They erased it from the existence by taking away the storytellers or the, the, the people that hold the history, the oral historians. You know, the removal of the indigenous peoples throughout the world was done on purpose, okay? So that they could conquer each of the local realities and bring us into a disunity-layered reality. By removing our oral historians, they removed the teachings of how to find the sacred neutral expression through your local culture. And that's connecting one, one to the dream time Andrew. of your people. I'm sorry to interrupt. I really am. But quick point of clarity: who who is who are they in this scenario? The system of domination control. The light entities and dark entities are in the battle for reality control, the experience, because there's supposed to be a graduating timeline. That graduating timelines are those beings that have come here and completed all of their experiential contracts with the Earth Mother, and are waiting to return to their home worlds so that they can share their expression here. And there's a group of multidimensional beings, quite a few of them, who do not want this world to change, who do not want a graduating timeline, because they want to continue here and continue to sell our DNA, like Walmart, to other species. Quite literally, we've talked, I mean, I know you guys have talked about how our DNA is so vital and valuable. Well, it's vital and valuable because our DNA is so much more experiential than the rest of them. There are beings out there and races out there that are within three years or five years of complete and total extermination because they've used DNA modification to remove their sex organs. They can't have children anymore, and they need us so that they can have children again. When they remove their sex organs, they remove the tree of life and the natural spiritual commerce and exchange between soul families. So all they could do was find limited young souls and force them into DNA bodies that don't want the experience. Therefore, they die early. So these races come to our world so that they can reconnect to a tree of life. And the system of domination and control that's here isn't unified. It's a thousand different races all vying for a single control of the reality. So they is a bunch of them the people that so, do not want us to awaken into our true selves. So, so why don't they want to be integrated into love? And, and, and where are they in the whole scheme of having 
a part in the the love that you know we all hold and and why why the you know why the intrusiveness without wanting to be expanded back into source that's a really good question and it comes down to ego ego can exist in a sixth dimensional being or a seventh dimensional being and we experience ego here as a survival mechanism that's been modified by the facade of the reality but when you look at a sixth dimensional being or fifth dimensional being that still has a physical body that's not connected to a tree of life that can live 80,000 years and never experience the birth of a child how's that re- being's reality different never the experience of a mother and father the only thing that you create is a teenage kid that comes out pre-programmed can you really have the experience of love in your race and you take that foundation out what are they are they a bunch of scientists are they consciousness explorers that are limited because love is a foundation that's not there and they have to go out and seek right as I said I experienced all of these beings and translating their position into human linguistics is very 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 tricky it's so tricky that a single word can be misinterpreted in such a way that the vibration can be taken to a whole new difference. So when I talk about those beings, I'm very specific. I slow things down, increase the no time field, so that those people out there that understand your focus is what brings things into reality. These beings that are in control, you don't have to agree to them. Quite literally, your I am present self can say, I do not consent, and they have no power over you. Mm. Okay? Right. And that's what the awakening is, is saying, I do not consent to the facade of the out. I do not consent to domination and control. I am a love-based being on earth. And the fundamental rules of our reality are what I accept. I do not accept imported ideas from other sentients that do not understand the foundations of love. Right. So, so it doesn't take a whole lot for us as embodied humans to step into our empowered selves. Is that what I'm hearing? Not at all. It is so simple that in 100 years when we look back on this time, we're going to go, my God, how did we survive? How do we not see the most obvious things in front of us? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it so much. Um because it is just, you know, really so simple. It's, 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 we, we have the ability to be empowered and, or give our power away. And it's really just a choice. But what would you say to, you know, a lot of people really want to channel and there's just a lot of channeling happening. Um, what, what sort of dangers are there? What sort of, how, how can a person really have discernment? And I mean, what's your take on just all this channeling happening, the good and I'll, bad, I guess. I'll, I'll, I'll say this when it comes to channeling, if you're a healed individual that's done their own healing, that knows your heart space discernment, channeling is not a bad thing. But what is a bad thing is there's parts of our reality that are meant to trap you as a channel and enlightenment traps. Light beings and dark beings who, who want this static reality so they can finish their karmic resolution on the macro scale, and they don't give a damn about our free will. We have to do another thousand years in it because they're the macro and we're the micro. So channeling, what does that really mean? It means you are opening yourself up to the energies of another entity. Are you allowing that entity to take over you? Well, if you are, you are changing your experience of reality and giving that being the experience here. That is not a bad thing unless you understand the true heart space of that being. 
question it. Ask it where it's from. Ask it what its true name is. If it cannot answer those things, tell it to go away. And if mm. it continues to return and doesn't answer those fundamental questions of who are you, where you are you, are you a love-based entity, tell it to go away. When it begins to answer those, those fundamental questions that you need to identify who and what it is, then begin communication. But I advise you to use um, your cell phone recorder, ask questions so that the question is played off your cell phone, and then you record again your answer so there's a stop-start. Stop, start, stop, start. So you are guaranteeing yourself that what's going on is a true communication from the entity to you. Because it's very easy to get hijacked by local entities whose purpose is to keep you in the system of domination and control. The system of domination and control is quite literally sacred geometry cities that are dream catcher cities, energy collection cities that are meant to keep you in the facade and not the real reality. Wow, thank you. Okay, so <clears throat> let's speak to us a bit about the, the Life Force Savings Accounts and, and the concept behind this. Okay, just one second here. Um, this, this actually comes, comes down to con the contract removal stuff that I do. Um, just a second here. Uh, I'm actually going to read one of the contract removals, and this is for the banking families. I made three, one for media, one for banking, and one for government. And in their own right, these are an expression of the sacred neutral defining the system of domination and control. And I'm doing this for a very specific reading, because this audience is going to need to hear this type of intonation and vibration. So this is taking about three or four minutes to read. I call to all spiritual contracts that exist within my past, present, and future being, self, and existence in this dimension and time stream. All time streams above and below the Earth-centric sign label coexistence. At this exact moment, in the ever-present co-creative moment, I summon all DNA lineage ancestors to create a unified, proper spiritual court of equity so I may find remedy and resolve with all contracts that have been inserted fine print during the pre-birth and birth process. I call the four elements, air, earth, water, and fire. I call forth the spiritual court of equity with all ancestors in union with the migration patterns of all soul families incarnating on earth mother. I call the primary ancestor spirits of earth mother to come to the spiritual court of equity to hold space for the reading and removal of all contracts dealing with the energetic exchange of value systems. I call forth the earth global dream time. I call forth the unified Dreamtime societies of all Earth to come to the spiritual court of equity to provide their complete wisdom to this sacred moment in which I reclaim my sovereign spirit authority for all exchange of value energy systems. I hereby revoke all spiritual contracts with the primary banking families. I revoke all spiritual contracts with all banking family crests. I revoke and remove and dissolve all banking family trusts that use my name as a number for energy harvesting. I revoke all assumed rights used by DNA-based kingships, lordships, or manor role contracts that function within all banking families. I hereby state, I do not consent to the rule by the few. I do not consent to the rule by the banking families. I do not consent with the assumed authority of the banking families funding the free court system. I revoke all rights, privileges, and rules created by the family crest-based by DNA lineage-based banking families to dominate and control the free court system. I hereby revoke all spiritual contracts that define the banking system as being intertwined with my free will. 
I revoke all fine print within all of my sole contracts, past, present, and future, that deal with any banking system as a 3D matrix debt collection or energy harvesting system. I demand the instant repayment of all energy and 3D matrix representations of value. I do not consent to the use of corrupt courts as a means of judgment. I revoke all rights of 3D-based courts, assumptions of power, with, my, with any 3D exchange or value systems created for the follies of the banking families. I hereby revoke all, con revoke all consent of ink-based, web-based, energy-based signature harvesting systems. I revoke all rights to use my 3D matrix signature to represent me in any court system, spiritual or 3D matrix. I do not consent to the use of my soul contracts as a means of energy harvesting from any of the primary banking systems created by the primary soul contract holding banking families. I revoke all rights to use my name in any form of banking family code of arms contracts. I demand the instant and permanent erasure of all signatures used to represent me in any of the banking exchange for value systems. I do not consent to the use of my life form, my life force, or any exchange or value banking system that is not completely transparent with all transactions, spiritual or 3D. I hereby state that all bank-based buildings using sacred geometry have no power over my sovereign free will. I hereby revoke all spiritual contracts of all banking systems that use sacred geometry as a means of energy harvesting or a tool for domination and control. I revoke all rights, privileges, assumptions with all buildings that use sacred geometry as fine print sole contract enforcement systems. I do not consent to any sacred geometry building to house, hold, or transfer any of my life force to any banking system on all of Earth's timelines and coexisting dimensions. I hereby revoke all spiritual contracts with all sacred geometry systems that use my life force without direct consent from me and all of my soul family ancestors in complete agreement. I revoke all rights assumptions and rules that create a new sacred geometry banking system. I hereby declare that all banking families and systems are now banished from operating in secret, covert, or overt ways to harvest my energy in any way, shape, or form. I hereby declare that Earth Mother is now in dominion with me for all energy exchange for value systems. I call for all ancestors to honor this reading of my free will and to enter into the Earth Akashic Record for all sentient kind to understand, our freedom comes with the use of our free will at all times. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, so talk talk to us about the. I, I I went right to your site and and found all this and I I loved it and I've been spending days looking at it. You read it once. You read it once a day. You read it ten times a day. What does it take to um, really remove these spiritual contracts? It requires you being in the I am present self with all of your heart space expressing it. There'll be many people that can read it once and have a massive reality change. There will be others that need to read it daily because the reality has a strong hold over them. When you first read it, what, what did you experience or when I was reading it? I mean, I felt a resonance in what was being said um, and, and it, it I was drawn to, you know, after this call. I mean, I've gone through and read these. I haven't read them aloud. I haven't, you know, really fully centered myself in the process. I was just doing my research on you. So at this point, my choice is print this out, have it with me, and start going through it and see what, what I'm feeling as I'm doing it. 
and then add to it, create it. That is my expression, and I encourage people to expand on it many folds. Put your signature of energy into it. When I cre- the first three paragraphs of that describe a spiritual court of equity. That is a fundamental rule of this reality, that you can create a spiritual court of equity with all your ancestors present, so you may find remedy and resolve with whatever the reality is causing you causing an issue with you. You get that at birth as a right on this planet. The rest yeah. of it is describing the system of domination control and how you do not consent to it. I made it that long so that people understand how deep the banking system goes into our soul contracts, into our soul. They want money to be our exchange of energy to support the system. When you remove yourself from energy of exchange for value, the system cannot use you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I really got a lot out of hearing that. It was just an incredible feeling of relief and just like very thorough, which I really liked. Um, but here's my question. Now, if we called all our power back or if enough of us called our power back as a humanity, um, would that play a part in dismantling the negative technologies which seem to run on free energy and like the chi of the environment and the prana of the earth? If we Absolutely. call, Yeah, great. I, honestly, I'll say this. This can end tomorrow. This can end in one second from now when we begin to remove our energy from the system in semi-amounts of mass. If uh, two and a half million people did it in a single day, the system would shrink by 1%. And then it would not be able to use our energy at that same level because the system right now is literally using fear and propaganda right now to keep us static so we don't change. It has to, to react to us. The system can never act. It can only react. Okay? And it has programs that are built into it. And those programs filter down through the membranes of reality to manipulate through puppetry the individuals and governments through energy to create the reaction to a change in society or culture. So when you see that, a contract removal like this, or somebody creates their own and is to spread it in such a way that people regularly use it, the system can't literally affect the individual like you from printing it out or writing their own and saying it every day. You know, if you went in front of the the Federal Reserve with 10,000 people and started reading that out loud, or one that was specifically meant to be read out loud in front of the Federal Reserve that takes the history of the Federal Reserve and removes all spiritual energy from it, think of how much reality could change from just those 10,000 people focusing. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's that's where just our, you know our power really lies is doing these kind of things. Um, what 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 do you what what can you speak about you know like implants or when somebody's getting artificial telepathy or they're being implanted with memories of past lives that aren't genuine? Does this sort of thing address those kind of contracts that can really steer a person into oh, belief? Oh yeah. That, yeah. Oh yeah. You can you can write one specifically for etheric or implanted technology from on world or off world. It requires you being in the I am self. That means I'm going to do a meditation, a chi exercise, something that brings me into my full power, and then I'm going to read that out loud with as much power and heart space as you can, and you will feel those those implants struggle because there is an etheric energy system that keeps them in reality, okay? uh, There has been rules that have been added to facade so they can put implants on us, all right? Think of a person building a house that runs out of money and there's drywall in one room and bare walls on another and they want to go live in the room with bare walls and all they got is scrap wood left. 
that's what they're doing with this reality right now, is taking all the scraps and filling in the walls. And etheric technology, implant technology, is just another plank on the wall. And you can mm. remove it by saying, I'm putting drywall up. I'm right. painting it. I'm putting wallpaper and pictures on the wall. And you can say no to it. Mm. Awesome. I just love the 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 empowerment that comes through, like everything that you're that you're saying. I'm just really feeling it. I, I I look for that in people's messages, you know, because I feel it when it's not about empowerment. And and I'm just um it it's absolutely filling me up. Um Andrew, speak to us about Dreamtime societies, um, the role that they've played in the past, but but the role that they're playing right now and, and maybe how that's different and and is it available for any of us to pop in as the dreamers in the Dreamtime societies or is that something that's already like set? Everyone has access to Dreamtime societies. What Dreamtime societies are are groups of consciousness explorers that in other points of history discovered their shamanic way and connected to a land, discovered a consciousness exploration technique or were consciousness explorers that were able to anchor themselves in between the spaces of atoms. There's an infinite amount of space. Hollow Earth or the Agarthan Network is that concept and expression. So when one wants to experience Dreamtime society, we look to our ancestors first. You look at the, the skin suit you're in, you look at your mother and father, you look at their mother and father, their great-grandfathers, their great-grandmothers, and realize that you incarnated into a DNA lineage that is very old. No matter what your perception is, it is a very old lineage. For there to be a DNA skin suit with incarnating people in it now, these lineages are tremendously old. And I have a massive group of ancestral spirits, many of them who have ascended to the above timeline and are waiting for us to graduate so that they can go on to another reality and incarnate with us and share their experience. Dreamtime societies are those entities who quite literally on a vibration level exist in between the, the fundamentals of the atoms and create societies of people that help explorers, consciousness explorers, expand beyond the facade to go to other worlds or to exist within Earth's Dreamtime so that they can learn our history, become their own galactic historian, to expand themselves in such a way that in the no-time Dreamtime society experience, they can have a thousand teachers teaching them simultaneously and then they have to go through the membrane of reality again from the infinite world to the finite world. And Dreamtime Society teachers can help us go through that infinite moment of dream world and see the awakening of the finite you. And those are your spirit guides that come through those membranes. And the key to the Dreamtime Society is telling them before you go to sleep, I want to dream with my true ancestors. I do not want to dream in, in, in the sacred geometry cities of domination and control. I want to go to the North Pole of the Aurora Borealis where all of my ancestors are in communion and coexistence waiting for our expression of experience so we may commune and find union in the expression of the infinity so the finite you may change the rules around you. Wow. So... In a sense, is it sort of like a soul rehabilitation? Because, you know, there, there's certain groups like, you know, Gnostics and just other, you know, things that I've gotten in touch with where, you know, there's a belief that this has all been a big accident. And, uh, 
and that there's a concern that um, this darkness or, you know, even evil is going to infect other universes and that, you know, we're in a huge crisis. Is that all just sort of part of the propaganda and fear, or is there something to that? It's both. It's both. It has gotten bad here, but at any moment we can change it. We could have changed it a thousand years ago. I'll be blatantly honest. In 2006, this was all supposed to come to an end. But what was discovered in the groups of light beings and positive ET races in the other worlds was that there was a tremendous corruption within their light forces because there were so many races that were near extinction. They were trading with a black market system that was here on Earth that was domination and control. So quite literally in 2006 when the Great Orion-Syrian Wars ended, you know, there was an opportunity for us to finish here and to change our experience because there was such corruption in the other worlds, they could not even risk awakening, finishing the awakening process here. And they realized that there was a tremendous amount of beings that were higher vibration in their macro world, puppeting all these individuals into a scenario where we had to resolve our karma. And this is what I call the galactic ascension machine. Now, 490,000 years ago, the timeline wars had gotten so bad that it literally risked the migration patterns in other universes. Think of it like this. If you come to Earth and you're a DNA lineage that's very old or that is newer and you experience Earth and all of a sudden you're part of a timeline genocide and you get erased from reality, your, your future that still exists on the Akashic record of your home world doesn't exist. And if you have future beings that are souls that are going to migrate and go into that lineage, you quite literally create a cork in reality. And this had happened so much that there were these timeline incursions that were expanding on a universal level. The prime creators of each galaxy came together and were putting out timeline creation fires everywhere. So finally, the only resolution was that the first, second, and third degree beings that were in, separa- that were in uh, uh, separation of prime creator um, put all the prime planets of drama and timeline wars into a single solar system. And Earth was the capstone because it literally was what created all the timeline genocide scenarios. So, so 66 prime lines of drama, all 66 planets that were the ones spread throughout the galaxies, were put into our single solar system. Our sun was then put here. Our sun is a very unique sun. as a group of soul families that have the, the soul codes to get to any other solar system in our, in our universe. And our DNA codes have that in there. So literally, when you put all the drama in one area, all those migration patterns that are looking to resolve karma have to come here, which clears up the pollution. Clears up wow. the pollution. Karmic pollution. Right. Okay. Awesome. Um. Andrew, in your, in your bio, it says you specialize in hard cases from cancer and organ transplants to PTSD and addiction recovery. Talk to us about some of the, the cases that have come your way and, and how, how things have been resolved or, or you know, like what, what took place. Well, when I, when I work with an individual client or, or somebody through a reading scenario, I look at the total them. And then I have to translate the total them to 3D humanistics, linguistics that they can understand. There are situations that people simply cannot accept what you're saying. And that's what creates soul sickness, which creates some of the most difficult cases out there. As an example, uh, this was a number of years ago. Uh, this woman, I won't make her name, but she had cancer in her lungs, cancer in her ribs, cancer in her shoulder blades. 
and they did a massive operation to remove her and put metal implants where her ribs and her shoulder blades were, and she was butchered from the face to the shoulders. Absolutely beautiful woman, butchered. She lost her identity, but she was alive. I helped her find her identity again, and that was the healing she needed to go through. I have read many, many, many members of the military that were in Afghanistan, Iraq, or Kuwait, or any of the other areas, and help them understand what it is they were going through in that experiential reality. I do an energy healing system that's similar to Reiki, though I teach Reiki also, and I learn many other systems. And I bring those people back to the original energetic systems and help them understanding that their belief system is creating their focus, and their focus is creating their reality. I can create a temporary field of no time around people that have PTSD so that they can have the infinite expression to wipe out some of that energy even though it may come back at point after point based on their, their cycles. Men have a menstrual cycle. So when it comes to men experiencing PTSD, I connect them to their sacred masculine again and help them balance their hormonal energies through energy techniques. Um, when I have a, a patient on a table, I'm reconnecting their cellular memory to their awake memory and allowing a download process so that their awake memory isn't the data storage. You know, if you have a computer that has six gigs of RAM and you try to open up nine gigs of memories always and you're never putting it back to memory, that's what PTSD is. Clearing the mind so that it goes back to cellular memory so it does not have emotional energy attached to it. That's one of the fundamental things that causes sickness. When you have a child that's growing up and the parents argue constantly, that child is a sponge for that energy. And we store that in our gut, in our intestinal tract. And I call that negative psychic data. And that attaches to the mucous membrane along your intestinal tract. And after a while, we eat food that is processed, that is done on purpose, so that negative psychic data is like having more RAM added to your gut so that you store more in your physical memory instead of transitioning it into your cellular memory. And when we start transitioning our mind's memories to cellular memory, we get back the emotional investment to those individual memories. As an example, the first person you break up with on a dating scenario has emotional attachments to it. If you've never learned the subtle energy techniques of removing the emotional energy from that breakup and it stays in your memory, it's always there, always affecting, always creating with you, creating through that negative pattern. When we learn the subtle energy technique of removing the energy from the experience and allowing it to the subtle to our, our our, our cellular memory, we still have the experience. And it is still an emotional experience, but does not have all of that massive expression the second it comes up. Wow. Very. I, I have so many questions. I can't believe that time is moving so quickly. Um, you mentioned 2006, and that's just sort of a, a big year for me because that's when I uh, got away from, you know, the Mars recruitment. What, what's your thoughts about the Mars agenda? Because I... I I just wanted to exercise my free will and stay with the earth. I, I, I don't know even how to kind of interpret that whole thing sometimes. What, what are your thoughts about uh, this sort of hidden space program stuff? I have a very, very expansive view on it. And what we believe about the Mars program is just the tip of the iceberg, which you already know. Right. But the tip of the iceberg is Mars is another reality with another set of rules. And when they began the Mars experiment, is when they began to understand, uh-oh, we have a reality to stop here. And there was a group of people that came together that said, 
we need to form a resistance here because the, our reality is just as controlled as Mars' reality. And then there was another group of people that wanted to take this experience and this knowledge and wisdom and then enforce their own creative reality rules on Mars and try to change Mars on a fundamental level. And it started a reality programming war. Okay? So when it comes to those various people that have come forward from the Mars programs that talk about timeline traveling and jump gates, they're true. But at the same time, many of that stuff was created part of timeline vision and sight from multidimensional entities 30,000 or 100,000 years ago. So the Mars program was thought up and sawn 400,000 years ago. So that quite literally, those beings that were part of it are beings being manipulated by timeline viewing entities who are manipulating our reality so that they can take domination and control and spread it through the reverse of the galactic ascension machine so they can literally take it over from within. Wow. A very different view on our space program. It is a reality piracy program, and there are very, very good people in it, but they are patriot programmed people thinking they are doing it for the good of the United States and not for the good of unity, conscious freedom, and love. <laughs> right. I have spoken to many of them privately. Many of them have come on other shows that I've done. I won't name them directly. You can figure out who they are. And I've had private conversations exactly about the Patriot programming. At this point in time, there's over 38 million people that are involved in that industry, and they are going to need the most powerful healers from the other parts of the galaxy and here to come forward and help present to them the fundamental rules of this reality and how they've been exposed to the fundamental rules of other reality and how to separate it on a soul level. Otherwise, they will go through the separation and their soul will have to split to come to remedy and resolution for the forced experience they have. As wow. Multidimensional, as multidimensional beings, we can split ourselves many times and experience many realities, but when a soul isn't ready and is forced into that scenario, it requires soul-based psychic surgery to help reconnect them so that part of that being can be on Mars and experience Mars' dream world. The other part of the being can be on Earth and experience Earth's dream world. And then Earth and Mars share a dream space because they're in the same the same solar system so that the two beings can come in communal dream space and then reconnect their soul shards and determine what experience they want, even if they want both experiences to continue. Right. Mm. Wow. Andrew, what what can people do um, as as their awakening and their consciousness is expanding into the shall we say the truer nature of their reality? Um, and they want they want their families and the people closest to them to to join them in this part of their journey of conscious awareness. Um, and what they find quite often is they're running into brick walls with that. What, what, what's your take on it, and what do you tell people who um, are dealing with this? I get asked that exact same question by many people, and I'm glad you asked it. And the reason is you, can't lead, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. When you find <laughs> resistance, stop investing, because you are expending your energy onto a brick wall that doesn't, it's not in its sovereign free will yet, and many of those people are going to need the experience of the events or series of events to come back to that sovereign free will. Lead by example. Stay connected to the earth. Heal yourself. Show your I am presence as leadership. And eventually that brightness of leadership of soul and love 
will help penetrate the facades of their belief structures. You know, you can share things on Facebook or other social media. You can share things on local walls, you know, artist walls. You need to be creative and understand that when there's resistance, stop investing. If you're one of those people that does that all the time, you need to look at that why. We're all radio hosts here, and we're doing this because we love it. We are changing people because they choose to come to our soul energy, our soul vibration, the material we present. Whatever brings them here, it's here. And the expression is, learn who is resisting and who's not. And if you find yourself resisting because you want to enforce the rules onto other people, stop telling them. Stop talking to them. Confront yourself. Get out in the nature and hike. Go fishing. Write a book. Do something other than trying to convert people. You know, that's one of the biggest fundamental mistakes. You cannot convert people's reality. They do it on their own when they're ready. Yes. When you bring a message to someone who's not ready for it, they will not hear it. And in fact, they will skew it in such a way that will damn your own message. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. So just, just back to free real, real quick. You know, a lot of... Uh, I guess people feel, you know, we're trapped in these physical bodies and people feel their free will completely violated because they can't come and go from the physical like we used to. What happened exactly to rob us of that ability and free will? We gave away our free will every time we we believed in reincarnation. Reincarnation is a system that was brought here to trap us, quite literally. We are an incarnating species and that's the fundamental rule of this reality, of this earth rule. We incarnate. We don't reincarnate. Okay? Mm-hmm. And each time you're born into a society that has exchange for value banking systems, each time you're born into a culture that says you can only marry one woman and not be divorced, each time you're born into a life of sex slavery, each time you're born into a life of pedophilia, each time you're born into a life of perfect happiness and goodness, but the people around you are sad, you gave away a small part of your full spirit sovereign free will. And over a series of thousands of lifetimes, your infinite free will became finite. Mm-hmm. And you reclaim it in the I am present self because we control reality. The facade does not. It instills belief systems into the culture, and we're born into those cultures, and we can change those cultures anytime. Look at the 60s and the 70s. So, Andrew, what's, what is the extent of that statement, we control reality? Where, where does that hit a limit, or does it? It doesn't hit a limit because it is the only individual's expression. Look at the, the contract removals I wrote. Somebody else can expand that to 50 pages and make it poetically powerful. I covered the main points so that people understand it is that expansive, the mining of your free will. Every time you vote, you are giving four years of your free will away. <laughs> the presidency that never will represent you. <laughs> Every time you pay, you pay your taxes, you're supporting a black market-based industry that you'll never know about. Every time you you get your identity from your driver's license, you're giving the system the rule to use your your free will in your name, and that's called tacit consent. Wow, yeah. So what about um, these darker beings that that traded in their DNA or changed their... um, you know, their, their biology to, in a sense, be the dominators and the controllers. Are they redeemable? Can they incarnate into higher races, or are they pretty much... Absolutely, absolutely. 
it will take a high level of compassion and forgiveness for them. And we are going to be their new teachers, and they are going to be our new teachers. Yay! Imagine, imagine a woman that's a, an awful species that's very similar looking to us, that's 80,000 years old, that has no sex organs, and that they'll go through a DNA process that gets them back. They don't know how to be pregnant. Their entire existence is you, you create a kid through incubation and through, through cloning chambers. We're going to have to teach them how to be pregnant, how to have swollen ankles. Okay? We're going to have to teach them how to deal with a crying child. We're going to have to teach them how to breastfeed. That's our sacred feminine reawakening with the love of our earth, saying we are a womb-based species. And the male species is going to have to help those scientist species reconnect to the spiritual side of them. And both men and women are going to suddenly change sexes as part of the experiential awakening. And there will be a, even a third option created where it's not a unisex but a new expression. And many of these races are going to want to come here and live here, and they're not going to get the opportunity until we finish our healing, finish identifying our culture, learn our total history, and then those beings that are ready to go, and many, many, many beings are saying, I should have never been here, and they're right, will go. But they'll go through a migration process away. For every being that leaves this world, another being will be born in its place. That's the way the realities always work. And the system of domination control knows this. That's why it creates wars, so it can mass clean out one soul family group so they can bring in another soul family group that they know they can dominate and control better. When we begin removing many of these structures, those, those people that have been stuck here and haven't been allowed to graduate will go through the natural process of learning their subtle energy skills, which is how to unmanifest your physical body and turn it to energy form going to the astral world, allowing yourself to eliminate your contracts with Earth, saying that I'm done with this experience, and choosing to have a life of you. You don't have to. If you don't, you then become a free-roaming galactic consciousness explorer that can return to your original homeworld and share your entire experience of existence here on this world with the unity consciousness or non-unity consciousness of your homeworld. And then those beings who have been waiting for you to return can begin their migration process to other worlds with the experience you have shared with them. Wow. <laughs> My goodness. Well, I've, I've been sort of uh, having an inner debate in my mind um, with myself about asking this next question. And, um, but I'm going to go ahead and go for it. Um, it's a little bit on the personal side. And I didn't um, ask for your permission to do this, but um, I'm, I'm just going to wing it here, Andrew, okay? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so um, I'm dealing with something that uh, perhaps a lot of people um, are dealing with. My mother is um, 80 years old. She's, she's been in the hospital now for three weeks. Um, I'm, everyone around me is telling me that I'm doing things really well. I'm, it, it has created such heartache within me watching her decline like this. That, um, that it becomes very, very difficult, and it's, it's now having an impact on, on me when I'm not even there at the hospital with her and, and stuff. What, what, for, for people going through really trying times um, with family members or just aspects of their experience, what, what's your advice on, on how, to, how to rise up out of it? I, I feel like I'm just wallowing in my own sort of mud at the moment. All right. 
I'll, I'll share something with you. I have a 96-year-old grandmother that has Alzheimer's. And uh, seven years ago, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and it was a rapid dissension from her mind. She was in Greece during World War II, and, you know, the Nazis came in and killed the people in the village. My dad experienced the same thing in a different Greek village where they came in and lined everybody up and rolled them over with tanks. So her experience of, of, of going through, through uh, Alzheimer's was reliving those old experiences, both good and bad. So her reality was changing rapidly as well as being total moments of sobriety. I am, I am Peggy. I'm your grandmother. I love you. In your experience, you're seeing this rapid decline, and her energy field is being shared with you so that you may see the love of her, her entropy, saying, I've experienced this reality. I may not be ready to go, but I'm holding on to you. And your energy field is absorbing everything, and you're not clearing your energy field so you can absorb more from her. So those times that you're away and you're in business and you're in your relationships, you, that energy field is still sharing with you and you're being overwhelmed by that energy. So my advice for you is when you have an opportunity, go sit outside and meditate with your mother in mind and remember the good times because you're sharing that with her. And you as a psychic and Laura as a psychic know you can communicate with her on the highest level. You can share with her your radial experience right now. Simply open the portal in your mind and say, Mom, this is what I'm doing to help change the world. And let that flow in union with your relationship with Laura. Allow it to flow from the fullest heart space. Say, Mom, this is me. You raised me. This is what I'm doing to help. And then when you physically go see her, hold her hand, talk to her, love her, Make regular phone calls to her. So in the times that you're going to be away a long time, write something that is a contract invocation that says, Mom, I still love you. I still experience you. And say that to the universe because you know your voice is heard on a higher level and on the 3D level. Allow the tears to flow. You know, there was a situation when I, when I was doing healing and uh, when my grandmother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, I volunteered with the Alzheimer's Association of Ohio to teach energy healing skills to uh, uh, people that were caretakers of Alzheimer's patients. And I actually went to an Ursuline college ran by nuns, Ursuline nuns, who were teaching energy healing. And we offered a special class for the people to come, and we taught Reiki to them. And afterwards, we had an open session where people can come from around the area and bring their mother or father to Alzheimer's in. And uh, there was a lady, her name was Debbie, she was 25 years old when Alzheimer's set into her, and she had two children, a three-year-old and a five-year-old, and she was 31 years old when she came. And this, this woman hadn't spoken many years, and she laid on the table, and her two daughters and her mother were next to her, and I put my hand on this woman's heart, and she started talking, saying, don't lay me on my side. My side hurts. Mom, daughters, I love you. When I took my hand away, she went back. Okay. know this, you can get the image of your mother in your mind and put your hand over that image and say, Mom, I love you, and express your total multidimensional experiential self to her and say, when you go, my love goes with you. Aw, so beautiful. I mean, just so touching, you know, that this exchange happened. 
And I mean, this is, you know, pretty much across the board because, you know, so many people are having, you know, physical difficulties, maybe even more gallons or things that, you know, come from, you know, just the sensitivity to the toxins and the cancer, you know, just all these different things. But on a soul level, it's not about the physical. I mean, as, as, as long as one's developing their consciousness and are, and are on that path, you know, we don't have to be so freaked out by everything on the physical level. Is that correct? Right. That's correct. It is the I am presence that can banish fear and create a field of love that goes beyond reality. And, and souls will reunite. I mean, we'll see our loved ones after they transition. Absolutely. And both you and Dr. Dream as psychics know, even when they pass on, they're still there. You exactly. just have to create the field that they communicate through. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that the listeners hear that. I definitely know this deep, deep in my heart and, and feel it and I'm aware of it, um, you know, when I tap into it. But I know that it's so hard in the moment for people when they're struggling through the emotions. So thank you so much for how you worded that. And just this whole interview has just been so incredible. Um, can you uh, let our listeners know uh, where to find you, what your contact information is, or maybe some events you'll be doing soon and all that? Uh, sure. Actually, I'm going to be doing an event with you, Dr. Dream, Teal Scott, Lisa Renee, Tom Lesher, at the Return to Atlantis event in the Crystal Sands Beach at Lido Key, Florida, October 4th through the 6th. Um, you can also get a hold of me through SovereignMedia.net. That's a new media organization I'm creating along with Larry Bazell to bring all of the consciousness explorers into a, a very sovereign state of expression. You can get a hold of me at AndrewBartis.com for updates, as well as I do a Galactic Historian show with Chris Hales on Blog Talk Network on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Pacific. I offer a, a large variety of... Uh, uh, archives of well over 1,500 hours of archives of me doing live readings, as well as me doing specific galactic historian readings, uh, galactic historian shows. I've just begun to release the 54 million year timeline history that I read in Mount Shasta. You can check that out on YouTube, as well as get all the links through SovereignMedia.net. Wow. Wonderful. <laughs> Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time to be our guest today, for sharing um, your, yeah, I was going to say knowledge and this and that, and I just want to cut to the chase, for sharing your heart and sharing your love and, and for playing this role uh, for all of us. And I'm really touched by the energetic of how selfless, it, it is for you, and, and I honor that, and I honor what that means as an example to all of us. So, again, thank you so much for being our guest. Yes, thank you so much, Andrew. Yeah, and thank you for holding this space. Um, without you two holding this powerful space, I could not have gone into some of those transitional linguistics that are reaching out beyond time and space and helping people return to the consciousness to explorers that they are. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. And we'll be in touch soon. Can't wait to see you in uh, in Florida. Oh, I know. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, it is. All right. Have fun in Hawaii and send our love to everyone there. And um, we'll be in touch with you soon. All righty, guys. Take it easy. I love you both. Okay. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow. That was really expansive, really remarkable. I mean, that, that was an incredible uh, interview. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, this was this was over the top for me. I I'm always looking for more opportunities to tap into the empowered self that I came here to experience, 
and spending, you know, an hour and 40 minutes just interacting with Andrew like that is like I have felt my empowered self like exponentially expand. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I feel this was one of like the quickest interviews. Uh, all of a sudden I look at the clock and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I could just ask so many questions. I mean, what an archive of just galactic, like the galactic encyclopedia on steroids. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that this was it. I mean, there, he, he's doing some amazing, um, you know, uh, working of the energies and everything. And, and we really felt that. It will be great to hear um, what other people have to say about it. And also what I love is like what you were just, you know, saying, I, I think it's going to translate well into, um, you know, a, uh, an archive broadcast also, because this energy is, I mean, it's just there and it's present. And uh, he's, got, he's got one heck of a role that he has taken on to play in this lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, this is definitely what I'm going to listen to again and again. Um, you know, from the very beginning, just, it's just so obvious, you know, just how these downloads come in and just the way he processes it and moves the information and, you know, and just being so heart-centered at the same time. Um, yeah, I was just so moved and just like goosebumps. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I just can't wait for this conference. This is going to be incredible. Yeah. And uh, before we went to the interview, I was asking about practical suggestions for the new moon. And if you go to Andrew's site, and the bottom link is spiritual contract removal, I would highly suggest that we all print this out. And in our new moon ceremony on Thursday, that we read this from our very, the very core of our I am presence and put this out there. And let's start changing things now. I fully agree. I'm loving this. And that's such a great idea to read that on a new moon. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, okay, we're we're lining we're lining up the heavy hitters here for this. Let's um let's move right through this because we're about ready to go over um, upcoming events. We've got um, the Return to Atlantis conference, and this is of course with Andrew and Tom Lesher and the two of us and Teal Scott and Lisa Renee, and it's being put on by the uh, N5D folks, uh, Greg Prescott and Helene Lipson. This is going to be amazing. There's still a few um, uh, uh, opportunities to get tickets. There were only 90 tickets to start with, and there will be a live stream. It's October 4th through 6th. And then October 11th to, through 13 in Detroit, Michigan with Ethan Fox and the team, the gang at Awaken Empowered Expo. I'm just so excited about this. Detroit, Michigan, October 11th to 13. And then this one is really going to be great. Ascension Rising Conference, November 1 through 3. Um, it's uh, Laura, James Gilliland, myself, um, and, and so many others, Sean Keogh, um, Don Daniels, um, Amalia, Brian Kelly, Itasha, Sierra Neblian. I mean, this is going to be big. So um, we're excited about that, and that's in Sedona. And then it all leads to Star Knowledge Conference 2013 event of the year, 1111 in Palm Springs. And so um, we're going to add some more events, but um, that's kind of the basis of what we have coming up. Yep, very exciting. Now, well, thank you, everybody. Hmm. I just want to put one plug out there if people want, if they haven't signed up for our newsletter yet, they can go to CosmicGaiaSophia.com 
or tourofloveclom See our events, sign up for the newsletter, find out about our sessions and everything that we're doing, and uh, we'll be back next week. Yes, we will. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you then. Thanks, everyone. Have an excellent week. Awake in the Dream Radio with Laura Eisenhower and Dr. Dream. Raising your frequency and expanding your consciousness, one guest at a time.